Hello, beautiful people, and thanks for joining us in this part 16th of a many parts journey that we have titled The Journey, in which we're going over the five core books of Ellen White. We are on book number one, and this book is called Patriarchs and Prophets. And today we're covering chapter 16, and chapter 16 is titled Jacob and Esau. Last time we talked, we talked about the marriage of Isaac and Rebekah. And now Isaac and Rebekah have two children, Jacob and Esau. And this is basically the beginning of their life up to a very conflicting point in the life of both of them, which we'll get to in a minute. This particular chapter is based on Genesis 25 verses 19 to 34 or so. So as I always say, the study of these books is not to substitute Bible study. This is completely, you know, they complement each other, but Bible should always be our first focus of study. That being said, needless to say, Jacob and Esau had very different personalities. These two were brothers, but they were not at all the same. Esau was a man of the pleasure, a man of the here and now. He loved to be in the wilderness. He loved to hunt. He loved to live the life of party, uh, you know, sort of sense. And Jacob on the other side, Jacob was not that. Jacob liked to stay at home, to help with the home chores, to help the mom, to be peaceful and kind. And when it comes to the spiritual side, that is something that, you know, Ellen White really helped us understand is that Esau had very little care for the spiritual things. In fact, his birthright, because he was the first, you know, the firstborn, his birthright was almost a nuisance to them. And we got to remember in these biblical times, especially the people of God, the birthright was a very important thing because he talked about, you know, the lineage and the blessings. And in this particular case, we're talking about God is putting a lineage together that will eventually end up being the lineage out of which Jesus was born. So it is very important to keep, you know, to keep that birthright and that blessing that God was bestowing upon them. That for Esau was a complete nuisance. He liked, I guess, the benefits of it. He did not like the responsibilities that came with it. Jacob, on the other hand, the, the you know, the second son, he did not have the birthright, but he really wanted it. He wanted it because he actually did care about the future and he wanted to be the, you know, the patriarch and he wanted to have the descendants out of which Jesus was born and so on. So there were very, very, you know, constructed personalities between them. And even more important than all that, God had said at their birth that the younger will be the blessed one. Not in those words, but you get the gist. So Jacob, from the beginning, God had told them, them being Isaac and Rebekah, that Jacob was going to have the birthright blessing. Now, the story that unfolds in this chapter is a story of distrusting God's promises and words. Abraham had done the same. Abraham had a second child, Ishmael, because he couldn't trust God. And now I, and now Jacob and Esau will go through the exact same story. Over and over, we see this trend of how things can get 
or go from bad to worse when we don't trust God's time. In this story, Isaac loved Esau. Of course, he loved Jacob too, but his favorite child, sort of way, was Esau because Esau had many adventurous stories to tell at the end of the day, and he, again, was in the wilderness hunting, and Jacob didn't have much to share being at home all the time. But Isaac loved Esau, and having been his first son, Isaac had the full intention of giving Esau the blessing of the birthright. Now, Rebekah, on the other hand, she loved Jacob, and she wanted Jacob to have the blessing, and she knew, this is important, she knew that God had said Jacob was going to have it. But once again, as we'll see, distrusting God led to no good. Now, uh, in respect to Jacob, I really wanted to highlight this because it, it gives us insight as to, as to Jacob's true intentions in this side of the story. It was not the possession of his father's wealth that he craved because the wealth portion was part of what was inherited by that person with the birthright. It was not the possession of his father's wealth that he craved. The spiritual birthright was the object of his longing. So you can see where his heart was at. To commune with God as, as did righteous Abraham, to offer the sacrifice of atonement for his family, to be the progenitor of the chosen people and of the promised Messiah, and to inherit the immortal possessions embraced in the blessings of the covenant. Here were the privileged and honors that kindled his most ardent desires. But, and then it says a little bit later, while he does deem eternal above temporal blessings, Jacob had not an experimental knowledge of the God whom he revered. His heart had not been renewed by the divine grace. So Isaac didn't appreciate his God-given blessings. Jacob did. But Jacob, I guess, did not took the time to get to know the God that he fully intended and wanted to serve. So what he did, so the story goes on. Esau, again, being a man of the here and now, one day he went to hunting. And when he came back, he was very tired, very exhausted, and very hungry. Jacob, being a home person, he was cooking. So Esau said to Jacob, you know, I'm hungry. Give me some of the soup or the stew that you're making. And Jacob took this as the opportunity to try to get by force what God had already said that he will get at God's time. So what happened? So Esau uh, tells Jacob, you know, I'm hungry. Jacob tells Esau, okay, I'll give you from my food if you just only give me your birthright. And Esau, his response was, well, I'm going to die anyway if I don't eat, so whatever, take it. This says a lot about, you know, what the birthright meant to Esau. He sold his birthright that came with all the many blessings from God and responsibilities. He sold it for a plate of food that probably if he would have waited 20 more minutes, he would have gotten anyway. So clearly that didn't mean anything to Esau and it meant a lot to Jacob. So they did that verbal covenant and Jacob 
fed Esau and Esau gave up his birthright. Now, again, as we said, Isaac's full intention was to give the birthright blessings to Esau. And even more about Esau, Esau didn't want the birthright, not anything to do even with God. When he went and married, you know, he entered into polygamy with women that were not from the people of God. They had idolatrous practices that, you know, will definitely take him away from God. So he really wasn't into the having a relationship with God thing. Okay. Now, Isaac, this is now years pass and Isaac is about to die. And as his tradition, before you die, you pass on the blessing. So Isaac calls Esau and he said, you know, son, I'm about to die. I want to give you my, you know, the birthright blessing. So Esau goes off to hunt. But Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau, she, she suspects what's going on. And this is where she made a mistake that cost her dearly. Once again, God had already promised that Jacob would inherit the birthright. But they wanted to do God's work on his behalf. So Rebecca tells Jacob, son, this is happening. Your son is going to get, your brother is going to get the blessing. Now, please go and, you know, cheat your father into thinking that you're Esau. And it's, it's very disturbing that what he did to look like Esau, that's all in the Bible. Cheat his father into giving you the blessing that was for Esau. So Jacob, which is something that is also not entirely clear in the Bible, but I love it how, how um, they, Ellen White writes it here. This is Jacob. The thought of deceiving his father caused him great distress. He felt that such a sin will bring a curse rather than a blessing. Um, he was partly right. He felt that such sin would bring a curse rather than a blessing, but his scruples were overborne, and he proceeded to carry out his mother's suggestions. Now, Rebecca loved him dearly, and because of this mistake, she was she never saw Jacob's face again. So Jacob proceeded, proceeded with deceiving his father. Isaac puts the blessing of the birthright on Jacob. And then Jacob goes away and then Esau comes back from the hunt. And as you can expect, when he goes to Isaac to get his blessing, Isaac says, I can't give it to you because I already gave it to your brother who clearly deceived me. So this stirred up hate and anger and resentment in Esau because he was, you know, he missed out on the birthright blessing. But it says here, this is very important. Esau was not shut out from the privilege of seeking God's favor by repentance. Meaning even though he missed out on his blessing, he didn't appreciate the, the, what came, you know, from God, from having the birthright. Even all of that, God would have forgiven him, would have taken him, would have blessed him anyways. But he could not, he could find no means of recovering the birthright. His grief did not spring from conviction of sin. He did not desire to be reconciled to God. He sorrow because of the result of his sin, but not for the sin itself. 
So very important here to make this point applicable even to us. Sometimes in the Christian life, we have to be careful about, you know, differentiating between being regretful because of what cost us or, or being regretful because of what we did. They're very different from each other when it comes to the spiritual side of things. So Jacob, of course, uh, had deceived his father. Esau could no longer receive the blessing. And now at this point, it was too late for him to get it because the blessing could only be bestowed once. And Isaac had bestowed it upon Jacob. And this is where the chapter ends. In the next chapter, chapter 17, we're going to talk about Jacob's exile because of this cheating that Jacob did and that Rebekah did. Jacob had to flee, and we'll get that in the next chapter. And Rebekah could not see the face of his son anymore. All of it because they could not wait for God to reveal at God's time the fulfillment of his promise at birth when they were both born. Now, now let's focus on Esau a little bit because Esau sold out his birthright for a cup of soup, in a sense. It's not that what we see today. Ellen White finishes the chapter making almost a resemblance from you know a comparison between Esau and many people around the world. He says, talking about Esau, he represents those who lightly value the redemption purchased for them by Christ and are ready to sacrifice their airship to heaven for the perishable things on earth. And then the chapter finishes saying, multitudes are selling their birthright for sensual indulgence. Health is sacrificed, the mental faculties are enfeebled, and heaven is forfeited and all for a mere temporary pleasure and indulgence at once both weakening and debasing in its character. As Esau awoke to see the folly of his rash exchange when it was too late to recover his loss, so it will be in the day of God with those who have bartered their airship to heaven for selfish gratifications. My friend, many times in the Christian life, we are tempted by things that gives us some sort of pleasure or think, you know, things that we think are good. We are tempted for them. And the decision is quite literally either I fall to temptation and dishonor God for a few minutes at most worth of pleasure. Or I honor God and leave the temptation on the side. And sadly, many people, and I've been guilty of this myself, Many of us have chosen at times having temporary pleasure over the blessings that God offers to us if we are faithful to him. Again, I've been, built, I've been guilty of that, but I thank God that I, you know, I, I believe that I'm redeeming his blood and that I can do it right. And I have fought temptation because I want to do things right with God. But unfortunately... There are many people out there who don't even recognize that they're doing this. They put pleasure, instantaneous gratification over the long-term blessings that God offers. Which one are you? Are you putting God aside for mere pleasures? 
or of you putting those temporary pleasures aside because God will give you the ultimate pleasure of eternal life very soon in the future. Think about it. Until next one.